Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Acts chapter 10. So before I continue the series, Because He Is, uh, the title of today's message is, I Am the Good Shepherd. Because He Is the Good Shepherd. One of the things Jesus said in the book of John, one of the statements he made was, I am the good shepherd. Um, I overdid it a little bit on my points. I don't think we're going to get to all of them, but that's okay. We'll meet here again next Sunday and we'll finish up if we need to. So I'm going to take my time. And we're talking about how Jesus is the good shepherd. Now, if you know anything about sheep, sheep are interesting creatures. They actually have pretty good senses if you study sheep biologically. But some aspects of sheep are kind of dumb, D-U-M-B. And it's very humbling that the Lord says we are the sheep of his pasture. Now, sheep can be great at following. Sheep can be good at listening to the voice of their master. Sheep actually have good peripheral vision. I don't know if you know this. But because of their peripheral vision, they can almost see behind themselves. It's kind of interesting. Because of their ability to see around themselves, sometimes they cannot see what's right in front of their noses. So sheep need a shepherd. Someone say, sheep need a shepherd. Now, it's my honor and privilege to be a shepherd. I am an under-shepherd. I'm not only uh, submitted to my dad as lead and founding pastor of this ministry. Mom and dad founded this ministry. But I, I am honored and privileged to be an under-shepherd under Jesus. I get to be an assistant to Jesus because he is the great shepherd. And he is the good shepherd according to Scripture. So you start to study sheep. They have poor depth perception. They can't see right in front of their noses. Um, sheep tend to stink. They're just unique critters. But sheep are very productive animals. They bear lots of fruit. You say fruit like apples? No, they are fruitful in that they give wool. They're very, very beneficial. Some shepherds around the world, they even drink sheep milk and make Sheep milk, cheese, and all kinds of stuff. I don't know how good that would be. I'm not interested. But they're productive animals. They give wool, and you can make all kinds of great clothing out of wool. So they're very beneficial. They're a blessing, even though they have their weaknesses. And that's very humbling for us. We were made out of dirt. God breathed life into us, and then we get to be the sheep of his pasture. One good thing the Lord says, though Jesus said, among the many millions of good things he's spoken to our hearts in confirmation and in alignment with his word, is fear not, little flock. He tells us that in one translation. It is the Lord's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So we're a little flock of sheep, and he says, yeah, you're sheep, but another aspect of your personality is you're kings and priests. That's powerful. Say, how is that possible? Remember, I think I said this last week. You say, man, how can he be the lion and the lamb? It's different aspects of his personality. How can I be bald and hairy? Well, I am. It's just the truth. Look at this head. My hair don't grow right up here, but man, I am hairy. Bald and hairy. Different aspects of, of, of who I am. Okay? So we know that sheep have their place, and there's lions in God's kingdom. I believe you can be a lion and a lamb as well because you can stand up for Jesus. But most importantly, you are a sheep of his pasture, but you can be a king and a priest in his kingdom. It's what he's promised you, and you're more than a conqueror. Someone say, I'm more than a conqueror. You are more than an overcomer. Now, something I've learned about shepherding, not only being a pastor, being a husband, but we have, 
We have a dog that we, we're not sure, but we think she's 11 or 12 years of age. Her name is Izzy. And she's had some health concerns nah, beginning last year, but especially this year, beginning in January. And so I'm really learning about shepherding through Izzy because she wakes us up at odd hours of the night. And she has more good days than bad days, but sometimes it's a challenge because sometimes I don't even think she knows what she wants. Have you ever felt like you, you were in that position? You didn't know what you wanted or needed? Well, she'll wake up, and then she likes carpet, and she, I don't know if she thinks it's grass or something, but now she's kind of out of character, so if you're not watching her, she'll go try, to, try and pee on the carpet. She didn't used to do that. And sometimes she won't even listen when I call her because she can't, she has intermittent bouts of hearing loss and, and vision loss, but we've noticed that if you touch her and lean up against her with your leg, that she will move with you at times. It's very fascinating. There's times that I can't get her to move anywhere, and she's heavy. She's about 80, 85 pounds. She's a big red golden retriever. But there's other times I'll just touch her on her collar, and I'll move ahead, and then she'll follow me. Other times i got to push her out the back door so she can go use the restroom because she needs to use the restroom. She just doesn't know it. So I'm sliding her out, you know, across the vinyl tile, out the back door to go use the restroom. I have to shepherd her because she doesn't know. And sometimes she'll just wake up and she's just lost in the house. She's wandering around pacing and doesn't know where she is. But she needs the restroom. She doesn't know it. In many ways, we're similar. I've seen the similarities in the Christian walk. You say, man, I don't always know what I need, but the good shepherd does. So I want to read you a powerful text today. Let's go to John chapter 10, verse 1. And it's a good-sized text, but I'm going to read through it. There's no rush today. We'll get through what we get through. I have six points. I I seriously doubt we're going to get to all six points today. But let's read this text. We're all, we, we can always revisit this next week. John chapter 10, verse 1, and Jesus is speaking here. He says, I tell you the truth. Someone say the truth. Remember, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He says, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. We had someone jump our fence several months ago in a a neighbor saw him, and he was really concerned. And the cops showed up, and they were in the backyard. My wife was taking a nap, and I was in the house, and cops appeared at the back door. And I didn't know they were good-sized guys, and I, I saw them through the back door, and I thought, am I about to have to fight? There's two dudes in my yard. Well, I look, and they were cops. I was like, what are they doing in my yard? So I came back, they're like, sorry, sir, we got a report. There was a suspicious guy in your backyard. It's crazy. The guy jumped the fence, and he must have just left real quickly. But the assumption is, if they jump the fence, they're a thief. What are they doing in your yard, right? They don't belong there. But look at this. But the one who enters through the gate, in the case of Jesus, and talking about his flock, the one who enters through the gate the right way, proper boundaries, according to Scripture, the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. Hmm. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name, that's you and me, and he leads them out. After he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. I remember back in the day, I got pretty good at imitating people's voices. And I could trick my mom and dad sometimes. I remember there was a guy, and some of y'all may remember him. He was a local pest killer guy. His name was Chuck Hazen, and he had a real raspy voice, so it was easy for me to imitate it because I've told people before, they're like, imitate my voice. I'm like, no, your voice has to be quirky for me to be able to find a quirk and imitate it. So I would call mom, and I'd make fun of this guy's voice. 
So one time, I was, I was working at our bookstore by the library. One time I called, uh, well, I, I called her and I was, I was doing his voice. And I did it a couple times and we forgot about it. Well, months later, Chuck shows up at the bookstore and he had a question for my mom. And I didn't think anything of it. So he calls her from the bookstore. And I'm there sitting there just doing my thing. I'm in eighth grade, right? And I've always kind of been a character. But the conversation goes strange. I'm looking, and he goes, no, no, Barbara, it's me. No, really, it's me, Chuck Hazen. And then I went, oh, I know what's happening. She didn't recognize that it was him. She thought it was me imitating him. He was doing a poor rendition of his own voice, I guess. So he hangs up the phone and goes, hey, you've been imitating people? <laughs> and I said, I plead the fifth. I don't know what I told him. I went, ha, <laughs> and changed the subject. Oh, can I get your discount right here, you know? But how many of you know you learn to recognize someone's voice? My wife knows my voice. Back in the day, I worked with a guy at a finance company, and we had similar voice tones. And the more we hung out, the more our tones matched. So we'd answer the phone, you know, Southwest Financial, whatever. One time I answered the phone, and a little boy goes, Dad? And I went, no, I think I would have remembered that. Hold on just a second. I said, Alberto, it's for you. The kid, he mistook our voice. But the longer I talked on the phone, you could tell it was me and you could tell it was him. I like this because Jesus says, look, they, sheep recognize the voice of their master. They recognize the voice of the shepherd. What does that mean? That means in life that you start to recognize the truth of words. And when words are lies, you go, that's not Jesus' voice. Because I know the word. That's not his voice. He says they won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't. Sheep will run from a stranger. They'll run from him because they don't know his voice. Did you know sheep? They're a little timid. And did you know that if you introduce new colors to them, it frightens them? Because they get used to the routine that their shepherd has introduced them to. So you show them a new color, and they get a little stressed out. I love this verse. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Let's keep going. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. Some translation says I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate or the door. Those who come in through me will be saved. Someone say saved. Uh huh. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. Why are good pastures important? They supply life to sheep, don't they? A place to eat well and be fed and be sustained. And where there's good pastures, you can find good water. Remember last week we talked about Jesus. He said, I am the bread of life. He said, those who come to me, they'll never be hungry again. He said, those who believe in me will never be thirsty again. We'll get into some more of that in a minute. He says, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. Through me, not through anyone else. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is powerful right here. Learn this one if you don't know it already. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. Talking about the enemy here. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. One translation says to give them life and life in abundance. He says, I am the good shepherd. Someone say the good shepherd. Uh huh. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. 
You study the story of David, and by the time he meets Goliath, he'd been a shepherd all alone with the stinky sheep, little ruddy dude out in the pastures. They weren't even going to call him to be anointed to be the next king because they were like, well, the youngest is out there, but he tends sheep. Everyone else thought one of his older brothers was going to be anointed to be king. But he had been faithful in the little. He would take care of sheep. And by the time he got to Goliath, you know what he told the king? He said, I, I, I killed the bear and the lion when they threatened the sheep. That's a claim to fame right there. God said, I can trust you with little. I can trust you with much now. Because he killed the lion and the bear, he could stand before a giant. That's powerful right there. That is powerful. Now a hired hand, though, the one who's not the real shepherd, they run when they see a wolf coming. You ever seen someone run when a dog's coming? Uh huh. Some dogs, you can just face them down. Others, well, it just depends. A hired hand. Oh, are you looking at Elaine? Yeah, we got some stories, man. Elaine's all, I'm brave and under pressure. The dogs come, she's pushing people back like that. Fresh meat, get them, they taste better than me. Well, dogs, they stress people out. They say, man, he's coming to get me. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. That's terrible. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. This is Jesus speaking. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Now, is that powerful? Is that an apt description of the good shepherd? That's a lot of word there, I know. But let's get into another text now. Many of you know this is Psalm 23. I don't think I've ever preached the full chapter of Psalm 23. Let's get into it. The Lord is my shepherd. This is a New Living Translation. I have all that I need. Hmm. I love this chapter. We need to read this at way more than just funerals. You need to read it as often as you can, learn it. He lets me rest in green meadows. What is so special about green meadows? Well, they're comfy. Have you ever laid on, on green grass and then laid on hard yellow grass? Green grass is spongy like a bed. Yellow grass is crunchy. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. I've got to say this right now. We'll talk more about it in a minute. I believe the statement, he renews my strength, means he's called you for the comeback. Some of you are in a comeback right now. You're in a comeback mode right now. I'm going to get into that in a minute. You know what? No, let me just hit it right now. Just because we may not get there today, I'm going to speak it while it's in my mouth and while it's on my heart by the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I served God since I accepted him. I, I must have been seven years of age. Dad was doing mission work in California. I um, believe it was the summer of, of 1984. I, I may have been about eight. And I accepted Jesus at a, at a home Bible study one night in Marysville, Northern California. And I'll never forget the day I accepted the Lord. I'll never forget the day I was baptized in water. And I remember I said, I will serve you, Lord. But over the years, you know, I walked in disobedience and rebellion. Maybe some of you have done that. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> Sometimes I was cold-hearted. Sometimes I needed to forgive. I made mistakes and bad choices. I sinned. But I never walked away from God and said, I will not serve you. Not ever, not ever, not ever. Now, his calling, I pushed away many times. Many times I said, Lord, I'm going to serve you, but the way I want. 
I'm not going to leave you, Lord, but I don't want to be a pastor or a minister. God, I'll do something else. There's too much heartache in that. I saw, I got into ministry with my eyes wide open. I grew up in a pastor's home. You say, why are you saying all this, Pastor Matt? Well, because over the years, I've had to have several comebacks. How about you? I never left the Lord. I didn't have to come back to the Lord, but I had to come back to Him in full force, maybe. I had to come back to Him in more obedience. I had to come back to Him in surrender. Many times I've come back to the Lord with my heart in my hands and said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I should have listened. Some of you are in a comeback right now, and I prophesy to you today, even on the live stream or whoever listens to this hereafter, you say, man, I'm struggling. I've been going through it, Pastor Matt. You don't know. I've lost people in my life. I've been struggled with grief on and off and heartbreak and disappointment. I've asked God when. I've asked God where. I've asked God why. I've asked God who. I've asked God all these questions, but here's what God says to you. You know what? Today is the first day of your comeback. He renews your strength. Let's give the Lord a clap offering today. I don't know if that moves you like it moves me, but man, when you're in the dumps, you need a comeback. I think it was one hip-hop artist in the, in the early 90s. He said, don't call it a comeback. Well, whatever. I'm going to call it a comeback. Yeah, I've been here for years, but man, I've got some parts of me, man, that really, I've, I've had to tell the Lord, Lord, I'm coming back. I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to do better. I'm going to obey your word. Some of you say, man, I've needed to come back in my emotions. I've needed to come back in my health. Well, today is your day. I declare it. I prophesy it. I believe it. Your blessing, your hope is that you believe it now, too. You believe. Scripture says, believe the word of the man or the woman of God, and you will prosper. He says, he renews my strength. He guides me. This is powerful. He guides me along right paths, not wrong paths. The Holy Spirit will never tell you to do something that's contrary to God's word, ever. Heard people say, yeah, but God told me to do this. Sucker, no, he didn't. He didn't tell you to do that if it's against his word. Like Coach Malone used to say in seventh and eighth grade, he'd say, knucklehead, I will slap the taste out of your mouth. I don't think you're allowed to say that at school anymore. That was my science teacher. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. When you walk the right path, it honors God. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, One translation says the dark valley of death, the place of death. You've been there. I've been there. You've lost someone or you thought you were going to go the way of all the earth. You said, man, this is it. I'm done. Man, I've walked that valley and said, Lord, is it over? I'm struggling. It feels like death. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. I love this translation. It says you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. Even when it gets rough and you feel like all hell is broken loose and everybody's against you, you stay in God's word. You repent. You walk right. Walk humbly before your God, and he's going to prepare a feast for you in the presence of your enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. The anointing of the head with oil is symbolic. He's anointing you as a king and a priest. My cup overflows with what? Blessings. One translation says my cup runneth over let's get into some points today it's been a few minutes so let's get into some points number one today i want to focus in and hone in on verse one of psalm 23 and i believe that's completeness and satisfaction i mentioned that briefly last week but i want want to hit that a little harder this week completeness you guys have heard folks say hey you complete me right and maybe that's true Say, man, you completely, and we make jokes about it, but you marry someone because you pray that they complete you. 
You find, though, true satisfaction and completeness in God. Once again, last week we talked about Jesus. He said, I am the bread of life. He said, those who come to me will never be hungry again. He said, though, if, those who believe in me will never be thirsty again. He satiates hunger and thirst. You say, physically, spiritually, man, most importantly, he does it in the spirit. There's something within your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions that cries out for the living God. No matter who you are, where you came from, or your culture, you can find aboriginal people, you can find... Uh, um, indigenous people in different countries. They've never been exposed to the gospel. You can find people outside of civilization, and what do they do? They bow down and worship something. Humans know they were created to worship something. The problem is they don't always realize that it's God. I've got good news for you today. And there's a song that says the search is over. The search is over. You don't have to keep searching for stuff that's empty and leaves you weak in the knees and leaves you brokenhearted and leaves you disappointed. You have found your completeness and satisfaction in God if, look at this, this is real easy though. Mm, let me take that back. It's simple. It's not always easy. See, how do I find myself in God? Pray and read the Word. See, I'm not good at reading or I don't like reading or uh, I get distracted. Pray and listen to the Word. This is two of the basic tenets of Christianity is prayer and the Word. Someone say prayer and the Word. I've been hitting that hard lately because God's been reminding me and speaking to me about it. Prayer and the Word. Say, why is that important? Prayer is communication with God. The Word is His love letters, right? Remember when you dated? Oh, everything they said and wrote was magic. You got married, and you, you thought it was a magic show. You're like, all that magic was fake. All that magic was slate of hand. <laughs> you were doing trickery. You were just talking fast. No, you know what? No, you can keep that. You can keep, just like you can keep that in marriage, you can keep that with the Lord. Did you know he spoke? I was speaking to a good friend yesterday. said, the church of Laodicea in the book of Revelation, the Lord says, I have something against you. You have forgotten your first love. You say, man, but I want completeness and satisfaction. You're not going to find it in anything else. I promise, I promise. And Netflix has some pretty cool shows, apart from all the TVMA garbage on there. They should never have on there. There's some great shows and stuff you can find now. You have access to so much, it's almost baffling. But it's not going to satisfy you. I remember back in the day, we, were, we got into 24. Y'all remember 24? What was his name? Jack Bauer? Man, if you were captured by the enemy, you want Jack Bauer to go after you, right? He was crazy. He'd break the law, break the rules to save you. But I remember, man, we'd get into it, and we'd watch two or three episodes, and after the third episode, man, we felt almost depressed sometimes. <laughs> it's like it was too much. We didn't find completeness and satisfaction in that. Folks were, man, I've been binging. Okay, that's cool, but, you know, is that it? Is that all life has to offer? No, the Lord says you can find completeness and satisfaction in me. Look at verse 1. Look at verse 1 of 23.1 there. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. I remember Dad told us as well because we kind of got addicted to the 24. It's been years ago, that series. And Dad said, man, I had to just stop watching it completely. I said, why? He said, I couldn't stop. 
It was so interesting. And dad's not usually like that with TV stuff, but he said, man, he'd start watching it. And he was like, no, I was getting addicted to that junk. He said, God was dealing with me, remember? And, John, and Jonathan was like, I can't watch it. It's too stressful, man. But here's the good news today. You already have the answer. Now you just got to work it. You just got to walk in it. You already have the answer. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. This translation says I have all that I need. Completeness and satisfaction. I love comparing your walk with God with married life because as a married man, I'm complete and satisfied with my wife from a physical and emotional standpoint. And that's how it should be. She is my standard for beauty. In the same way, when you seek God, he is your standard for everything else. They were talking about how beautiful the Lord is today in that song. God is your standard for beauty, for worship, for your needs being met, for communion, for um, prayers answered. God is your standard for peace and well-being. He is your completeness and satisfaction. Scripture says, I've been hitting this one hard the last several weeks. I don't know why. It's just been on my heart. Scripture says in the Hebrew that he is El Shaddai. And the beauty of the word El Shaddai means he is the God who is more than enough. He satisfies with long life, but he is the God who is more than enough. He has more, that, he has more than you'll ever even need. Scripture says he is the God, Ephesians, he is the God who is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think. He not only knows your prayers before you ask them, but he already has an answer. Some people say, well, I'm just not going to ask God. Well, there's seasons where you just don't. You just know God's taking care of it, and you have an understanding with him. Faith is rising up in you, and he's going to take care of it. But many times you have to ask. And Jesus said this. I want to add to this point before I move on. Jesus said this so beautifully. He said, you will ask anything in my name, and you will receive it. You pray according to God's will. He said, you will pray in my name, and you'll receive it, and your joy will be full. You ever had a prayer that was answered? Oh, yeah. You need to recognize that a lot of the great things that are happening to you, they're, they're prayers that are answered. You may have forgotten about it. You need to write them down. Keep close contact with your prayer list and say, man, what is God doing that I've asked for? We love doing that. Over the years, my wife and I, we say, wow, isn't God amazing? He did this. We waited, but here it is now. We couldn't do it the same day. We couldn't do it five years ago, ten years ago, but here it is now. The answer to prayer is now. Someone say now. Mm-hmm. Your comeback starts today. Completeness and satisfaction. Look at this. Look at my second point here today. Peace and rest. How many of you know that without peace you can't have rest? How many of you know without rest you can't have peace? You ever notice that? I was talking about our dog earlier. She's messed with our sleep for about seven months now. And man, it's it's crazy how important sleep is. You say, man, I. I slept good five or six hours. Yeah, but if you're waking up all night, some of you have kids, you know what that's about. We've got a little niece. Man, she wakes up and different stuff. And, and sometimes John and Violet are like, man, are we ever going to sleep? Right? I'm sure they're catching John said amen. They're catching up on, on their sleep now, and they're alive, praise God. They're making it through. But without peace, you don't rest. And without rest, you don't have peace. Let's read that verse again. Verse 2. Look at this. He lets me rest in green meadows. I love what Pastor Joel Stockstill said. We heard him in a conference. He spoke in a conference in June of 2019. And he said, sometimes God makes you rest. Sometimes he makes you rest. Yeah, I will not, I will not, I will not. There were times 
There were times and seasons in my life where God, God had me on a forced rest. You said, did God do evil? No, but he permitted me to make a dumb choice. He permitted my mistake to come back and bite me in the tail feather. Came back and got me, and I had to rest. Maybe a sprained ankle. Maybe I fell under the weather. And then when I'm resting, God says, see, I've been trying to talk to you. You didn't have to get here, but here we are, so let's talk. Here we are. Let's have a conversation. You've been ignoring me. You've been go, go, go. I think think Vali said her mom used to say, puro fun. Ustedes quieren puro fun. Puro fun translates in English. It's not as cool in English, but it's pure fun. My grandma used to say, hey, this is not a hotel. It's time to come home now. Kids are all, why do I got to be home? Because it balances you. You find rest and peace when you go home finally. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Let's stay there for a minute. Peace and rest. Think about that for a moment. You say, man, there's all these other factors I've been battling with peace in my life. God's best for you, God's will for you is that you have peace and rest. Somebody say amen. You're called to have peace and rest. Now, if you're in a situation, you say, I'm losing my peace with this. Get out of that situation. God's going God's to give you steps to march right out of the situation. I mean, don't get too super spiritual. Some say, man, I've been married five years now. He's never cheated on me. He's not beating me up, but I've lost my peace with him. Well, sorry, sister. I've lost my peace that you just told me that you lost your peace. And the Lord, who knows what he's thinking about this, but that's crazy. He's not, he's not beating you up. He's not being bad to you. You just, he said, man, he's developed, you know, he's developed an extra form here. He's just a little chunkier now and this and that. Nope, that's your, that's your honey faux life, okay? You have peace. You have peace in the husband and wife of your youth. He lets me rest in green meadows. Rest is so, so very important. He leads me beside peaceful streams. I love this second part of the verse because it says he leads me. Beside peaceful streams. When you let him lead you, he takes you to the place of peace. The Holy Spirit doesn't lead you in a place where your peace is robbed. Over the years, we've heard people say stupid stuff like this. or say, man, well, you know, this is great and stuff, but man, don't you think there's more than the Bible? I'm looking for the lost books of the Bible. Bro, you don't even know a fraction of the found books of the Bible. Why do you want the lost books of the Bible? No, really, I've had people say, have you heard about the book of Thomas? I'm like, no, and I don't care. Someone said, there's the book of Judas. I said, oh, let's read his book, the book of Judas. How to betray the Lord. (laughs) He leads me beside peaceful streams. That means he takes me in and out and through his word. People are so ignorant that way. They say, man, I'm looking for something else deep and profound. I know God wired you to want the supernatural, but it's all in the word. It's all there. And it gives you peace. Oh, this is off subject, but I think God's going to hit someone this morning between the eyes. Those of you Hispanics in the house, you say, man, here we go. Man, he can't, he's a white boy. Man, I speak as much Spanish as you, child. Te lo prometo. If you're going to a curandero or a curandera, that is of Satan. And you know how it deceives people who are ignorant? Curanderos and curanderas, brujos and brujas and stuff, they, the witches and warlocks, they say, this is the power of God. Dude, I could tell you I'm Captain America, but that doesn't mean I'm Captain America. No, it's not the power of God. Scripture says witchcraft is an abomination. Abomination means it's disgusting. It brings God sore displeasure. Say, man, I didn't know 
They didn't make you vote, man. My abuelita took me. They rubbed an egg on me and stuff. I've never understood that. I've heard some weird stuff. They said, no, I went and I felt better. They reached in my throat and pulled hair out. How is that of God? That doesn't sound like Jesus, does it? No, it doesn't sound like Jesus. If it gives you the heebie-jeebies, if it's freaking you out, and you're like, this is crazy, this is not a, get the heck out of there. Every time I drive past those places, like, we're going to read your palm, $10. I'm like, I curse you. Close. Lord, let them find employment in the oil field or something. Or in the salt mines. I mean, whatever else. Maybe they need punishment. That's up to you, God. <laughs> Deal with them. But he leads you beside peaceful streams. He doesn't lead you into witchcraft. You know the thing about witchcraft is it's gratification on demand. That's what it is. So it's the power of God. I want it right now. I'm going to have it right now. I need an answer right now. Did you know Saul did that? Saul went looking for Samuel, and Samuel had already died. People debate on this, but no, he went, and there was a familiar spirit. That was not Samuel. I don't believe that was Samuel the prophet, when Saul went there. And Saul had outlawed witchcraft, but he needed an answer on demand because God wouldn't answer him. Did you know my wife and I love to communicate and talk, but there's times it takes a while for us to, well, not me, I just, I, I just kind of spew it out sometimes. But my wife, sometimes it takes a while to open up and, and communicate on certain items. She's told me before, we need to spend time before I even feel like talking about that. I'm like, oh, man. But even with me, the extrovert, the outgoing guy, sometimes it takes time for me to open up in certain areas. It's the same with God. He's going to lead you beside, beside peaceful streams. He's going to let you rest, or in some cases make you rest. Why? So that you slow down and listen to his voice. Some folks say, man, God just needs to speak to me while I'm on the go. Okay, champ. Good luck, right? You may never hear from God. Say, man, I got so many things to do. I'm not, I, man, the, the universe can't run without me. The president's calling me. Oh, no, he's not. No, President Biden's not calling you. He's probably not calling anyone for that matter. That just, that just came up. Sorry. But really, you need to spend time with God so that he can let you rest in green meadows and he can lead you beside peaceful streams. Peace and rest. God has called you to peace and rest. Let's go ahead and bow our heads today and close our eyes. I don't want to go too long. There's a lot to absorb here. We'll get into this more next week and we'll, as the Lord leads us. But I feel like even with the couple of points that I shared today and the many verses of the word that God was speaking to you as his people. But there's a step we need to take before I pray for you as believers. And that's... I. That's the fact that I need to pray for those who have never accepted Jesus. Is there anyone in this house, maybe even on the live stream, who has never accepted Jesus or made him the Lord of their life? Would you raise your hand today? I'm going to pray with you. we got to make sure of this. Have you made peace in God? See, you can't have peace and rest if you're not right with God. You just can't. It's impossible. I'm going to pray this prayer anyway just to make sure that those on the live stream are getting this and those listening through other platforms later on, through the podcast. Let's pray together. As the family of God, everybody in the house, repeat this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe and I know that Jesus 
is the only way. I declare, confess, profess, and say that he is my Lord and my Savior. I believe. And I believe he died and rose again for me. I am saved from hell and from my sin. Thank you, Lord. Please forgive me and cleanse me. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet today, and I want to continue on. Please, if you would, no talking. Make sure your phones are still on silent. I want absolute focus in here because this is important. This is, this is for somebody. I can feel it by the Spirit of God today. This is for somebody. Maybe it's for all of us. But some of you are saying, you know what? I'm feeling incomplete. I'm a believer, but I'm feeling incomplete in some areas. And we tie, close, we tie that, something else closely into that, and that is because I'm feeling incomplete in God, I, and it's not, we know it's not on the giving end. It's not God's fault. It's on the receiving end. You say, man, because I'm feeling incomplete, I'm feel, I have a lack of peace and rest. I've been there, even as a believer. So if that's you today, I want you to raise your hand right where you are, and I'm going to pray with you. There's no shame in it. God's going to touch you for your humility today. You'll see. You'll see. And he's dealing with some stuff in your life when this happens. It's not a, a point of shame and a point of guilt. No, God's dealing with something in your life. This is powerful. Now, everybody in the house, raise your hands, and let's pray. Let's agree. I'm going to pray for everybody. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your way and your ways, which are not our ways. We thank you for your ways, which are higher than our ways. We thank you for your will, which is perfect, and we should allow to supersede our will. Now, Father, today I thank you that we are complete in you by faith. Pull us back to prayer and the word, because it's time with you, and that's where I've found satisfaction, completeness for my soul, God. Jesus, you said, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest for your souls. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. You've got to lay those burdens on the Lord. Give those burdens to the Lord. It's all about Jesus now. Just give it, give it to Jesus right now. Just say, God, I'm complete in you. Go ahead and talk to him. Say, God, I'm complete in you. Now give me peace and rest in Jesus' name by faith. Everything's by faith. We go from faith to faith and glory to glory. Scripture says the righteous person lives by faith. The just shall live by faith. Believe him today. Just take a moment and believe him today. Just believe him today. We thank you, Father. Just a moment longer in his presence. Just a moment longer as you receive his promises. Go ahead. And your walk with God is not just for church, family. Come on, family of God. Your walk with God is not just for church. It's for the house. It's for work. It's for your relationships. It's for when you're alone. It's for your public, private, and your secret life. Your walk with God is for everything, for business, for work. You take your walk with God everywhere. You don't ever leave your Christianity at the door anywhere. And if you can't bring Jesus in with you somewhere, you, can't, you shouldn't be there. You shouldn't be there. I don't know who that's for this morning. But may God speak to your heart in his loving, gentle, but firm way today. You confess your sins, they're forgiven. But God says, you know what? Don't miss out on any more time with me. I've had to repent so many times and tell the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry it took this to get me back to you. I'm sorry it took this to get me back in your presence. Lord, 
I've served you. I've loved you. I've never left you. But there's times I just didn't spend time with you like I should. And I'm so sorry, Lord, it took this situation to draw me back to your heart. God, I speak life. I speak your blessing. I I speak your promises. And I thank you that you're bringing us closer to you again. And we are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. They will know us by our love for you and for others, Father God. I declare that today. Make us one, Father God. Make us one. Same heart and mind for your word. We trust you and we believe you today. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name.